Welcome to the God Story Radio Broadcast with Chaplain Lynn. Thank you, Brother Ron. This is Chaplain Lynn. God's Story is a ministry outreach about our great, caring God being seen in and throughout His people's lives. Many say, does God care about me? Does He see what I'm going through? Does He know me personally? God's story tells of His great love for people like you and me. The greatest demonstration of His love is His precious Son, Jesus Christ, dying on the cross of Calvary for our sins. The veil between God and mankind has been torn open. Be encouraged as you listen to today's testimony or sermon from a changed life now filled with a passionate love for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! What another beautiful day that the Lord has made for us to be together again. I would like to begin our program by sharing a little bit with you before I introduce our guest speaker. Today we are going to discuss Christian fiction and its relevance in the Christian life today. What is fiction? It is a story, an account, explanation, or conception which is an invention of the human mind. It is a creation of the imagination, a literary work whose content is produced by the imagination and is not necessarily based on fact according to Webster's thesaurus and dictionary. Who created man's imagination? Did not God create man and all things? Genesis 2-7 God formed man out of the dust of the ground. Genesis 1-1 God created the heavens and the earth. Did God give man an imagination to be wasted? Many famous inventions came from the imaginations of men. Orville and Wilbur Wright imagined flying in the sky before they flew the world's first airplane. Neil Arnott invented the waterbed. Was he laying on his hard mattress one day and imagined a bed filled with water because he loved the open seas? Inventions could have also come from fictional work, such as Jules Verne, who published Rober the Conqueror, a novel in which the main character built an aircraft out of pressboard, which grew, which with great strength, which and was also very light, at the same time flew via rotors like our helicopters. Could God use fictional novels to introduce men to new technologies that he wants them to invent in the future? Have we as Christians closed our minds to the fact that God also could use fictional writings of men led by Holy Spirit with prophetic insight and as the Spirit to bring healing and deliverance to his children. Honestly, such is the case for me personally when I was reading The Need Word by Ron Short. We are privileged today to have author Ron Short with us in our studio and are delighted to hear the author's insight into Christian fiction and its important place in the Christian's life today. Can God use Christian fiction to draw his people closer to himself and bring his revelation to his people? That is my question for you, Ron, today. 
please open our understanding on the ways of God through the gifts that God gives to his people. And please tell us about this new exciting book that you have written called The Need Word. Thank you and good afternoon, Chaplain Lynn. What an honor it is to be on your program. Um, when I think about Christian fiction, um, I've had a lot of experience reading Christian fiction and the ministry uh, really struck me because the, the bounds of telling a story are kind of expanded. Uh, a lot of times when we think about a person's life and uh, uh, their situations, there's things that we can draw, but when you can take a fictional character, uh, give them a lot of fictional problems, and put them in a lot of fictional situations so that you can make as many spiritual points as God wants you to make. Uh, I think that Christian fiction has a great place in ministry. I know some people will never accept it, but uh, maybe today that we can uh, maybe change a few people's minds and let them know that Christian fiction, uh, as far as novels and short stories, um, can be used of God. As a matter of fact, the, the point that I like to bring up is Jesus himself, when we read the Bible, told parables. And parables were stories uh, with fictional characters, and he used those to make a spiritual point at that uh, particular time. If he was talking to farmers, he made a, a, a fictional story about a farmer sowing a seed. If he was talking to sheep herders, he could use the sheep analogy. So I think uh, a lot of times uh, that's the way especially I approach the need word. Uh, I wanted God to use me to make spiritual points um, that he wanted to be made known. And, of course, as you mentioned, the creativity, the imagination that he has blessed me with, I was able to put the characters and the story line together um, and Again, it just it, it's a boundless uh, format. I wasn't tied to any having to tell somebody's true story and embellishing it in order to fit what I wanted it to to mean or to whatever spiritual point I wanted to make. It's um, it just opened the door to allow the spirit to be able to say what needs to be said. Amen. Did you um, draw from your life experiences? For this, for writing this book, uh, in a sense, I did. the The storyline is completely fictional. The characters are completely fictional, but I did draw inspiration from certain individuals. Uh, the book is kind of an homage to my family, uh, in the sense that we are very close family. Me and my wife and in laws, and uh, we have a, a great relationship where we support one another. And uh, the Lord began to show me how that, that was important, the strength that we draw from one another as well as from the Lord. And kind of began to imagine what would a person do without that support system. So this story is about a woman who doesn't, even though she's a Christian, she doesn't rely on her uh, Savior, her God, in a lot of situations because she just feels like, She's too independent to need. She doesn't want to bother God <laughs> with her with her life's problems. She can handle it. And then the same with her family. She's trying to be the rock of her family. And um, to be honest with you, she's had a lot of issues, as we find out in the beginning of the book, 
again using the fictional storyline and uh, had trouble early in her life losing a, a mother and different things and having a lot thrown on her so she begins to like the feeling of I have power uh, because I'm strong and people begin to compliment her on her strengths and so that kind of went to her head as we would use the term today and uh, the longer she lived in life she she tried to keep that facade up she tried to uh, keep people thinking that she was really strong when the truth was she was it was all play acting yes yes would you like to read this part from your book I really I do appreciate Ron's descriptive words and well, the way he puts words together. Would you please read this for us right here? Now, this is a portion out of the uh, uh, the book that we were doing a part of the backstory. It's, it's kind of in the middle of this, the uh, storyline. But uh, this is kind of a throwback to uh, giving, as we were alluding to a little bit a minute ago, about Karen's backstory. Uh, Karen's mom had died and her dad was falling apart. She was about 10 years old and she had a younger sister and a younger brother and she was trying her best to hold the family together at 10 years old. Amen. So this is what I had written about her backstory. Karen grew accustomed to and even began to relish the role of emotional rock. Soon became addicted to her lifelong drug of choice power. No rush can beat the feeling of a family member or a friend running to you for advice and support in their toughest times. The only problem? It's lonely at the top. Karen must maintain her facade of strength at all times. If she were to show any sign of weakness, her reign would end. It would be nice to occasionally have some emotional help especially on a day like this. Yes, very interesting. And you did write on page 142, you said, no matter what situations arises, he assumes Karen is okay. And that, that's her husband, right? Correct. One of the things in the book, I did want to look at a person who was too strong for their own good. But I also wanted to make a, a, a general indictment on those of us that we need to keep take care of each other. In Karen's case, um, the Lord showed me three different points of view of uh, her husband takes uh, her for granted. He assumes that she's always okay. Um, and her younger brother, who's now grown up, he kind of just uh, takes ad uh, advantage of her. And it's kind of a cuts both ways. You know, it's telling both sides of the story. If you know a person like Karen Wright, don't assume that just because the person's never frowning or never seeming to have a bad day. Don't just assume that. We are our brother's keeper. Oh, amen. Yes, that's a very good point. We appreciate your tuning in. You're listening to God's Story on WGNZ with Chaplain Lynn speaking with Ron Short. If you want more information, you can email me at chaplainlynnradio at gmail.com. Oh, how true. And then she even wrote, said in the book, she said, can they actually be there for me, God? Sometimes we have a fear of how will people react to me if I 
bare my heart with them. And I'm right. going through this really, I almost can get emotional myself yeah. here. I'm going through this horrible, horrible trial and I can't tell anybody. Right. And we've kept in little dark secrets to ourselves. But there's there are people out there that Jesus can bring to us that we can trust. And many of, of you out there, I know that you know, this time probably you have things that you say, oh God, I can't tell anybody this. And maybe it's a secret between you and God. Maybe there's a point where you should pray to God, Lord, open the door, send someone to me or bring me to someone who I can talk to because God wants transparency in the body. Right. We need to bear each other's burdens. Right. We can't uh, accept help if we never come to the realization that we need help. Yes. And uh, that is pretty much how we come up with the title, The Need Word. Karen was actually almost allergic as it were, to that word need. She didn't want to be needy. She didn't want to have to need help. And uh, one portion of the story, I even talk about how just the sound of that word need uh, just aggravated her. She she just got, uh, and again, with fiction, you can over-embellish. I don't know anybody that bad, but uh, hopefully not. Uh, if you're a, a person that really doesn't, uh, feel like they need anybody, the Lord's here to help everyone. Oh, amen. And if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ especially, He's there to walk with you in those troubles and trials, and, and He puts people in your lives to help you through those troubles and trials. And if you're not a believer, um, you know, that's one of the advantages of being Christians. We're not promised uh, a life without troubles and trials. We're promised someone to go through those troubles and trials with us. Yes, and he said that he would walk through the floods with us. He, he would go through the fire with us. Fire. And I would like to say, too, that sometimes you do approach somebody and you're rejected. Well, doesn't mean everybody's going to reject you. Right. There are other people in the world that will have a listening ear that will help you through it. Amen. Amen. So, you know, keep trying. Keep pl- pludging through. Yeah, yeah, that's a, a great example uh, Karen actually had uh, a minor character. Her name was Aunt Wanda, who probably, if had been approached, would have been a great go-to for her. But the relationship was, again, uh, Karen just became a caretaker to her and taking her groceries and uh, more of a relationship like that. But uh, her Aunt Wanda had kind of filled... Um, her mom's role early in her life and if she would have learned to use in, in the one sense of the word uh, that relationship to have someone to support her her life would have been completely different oh amen and amen I could relate I, I love this Christian fiction as I was reading it in my heart all of a sudden I went oh I see myself And where I saw myself was I grew up in a home with my mother had multiple sclerosis. And probably when I was about in fourth grade, she uh, obtained this disability. And my father was an alcoholic. So I grew up being a caretaker, taking care of mom, coming home from school. And, of course, with my father, you know, I was the people pleaser. I learned to make daddy happy. And so I never really learned to think about myself, my needs, my problems, and I didn't learn to go to anyone. So I could see myself being this 
having be walking in this role myself. Yeah, uh, one of the things the Lord impressed upon me as I wrote the um, the book was to make Karen a believable uh, character, and taken as a whole, yeah, you're you're thinking to yourself, nobody would be that brave or stupid or go to that extreme, but or have that many problems to that matter. But one of the things I wanted to do was try to throw a lot of situations and backstory with different problems and issues because, to your point, I've had many people ask me, did you write this book about me? Because they can identify with Karen or they can identify with one of the other characters and knew somebody who was like Karen. Um, So, again, the beauty of Christian fiction is making a custom-tailored storyline to make this the points and every time I sat down to write I would ask God you know to fill this part of the story or uh, sometimes in the middle of a, a chapter or a, a, a scene I would hear a message preached or go to church and Pastor Tim would preach a message and I'd go home and I would say that fits this what I'm doing and and with the story and where it's going and just so many things you know, when it's of God, it just flows. Amen. And there were some mornings I would get up, and as I got up, I would have the storyline in my head. Then there were other days, as I was typing, I was being blessed because God was pouring into me as I wrote and could feel the emotion of living that scene out. Oh, exactly, exactly. In the beginning of the book, The Need Word, written by Ron Short, Karen enters the Wellsburg city offices. Karen says to herself, Come on, girl, get it together. This is just another situation to get through. You've done it before. You can do it again. Now, Ron, would you uh, delve into this story and give us some background, please? Sure would. Uh, Karen, as we talked about a little bit earlier, has spent her life trying to hide her problems and take care of her problems herself. We find Karen at the beginning of the book walking into the city offices because she has a meeting uh, with the local prosecutor. And as we learn, she has uh, put herself in a very precarious situation trying to take care of everybody's problems on top of her own. And uh, as we find out in the meeting with the prosecutor, she's actually facing criminal charges. Wow. So the, uh, the book walks... Uh, the the reader through the first three chapters, I usually tell people are kind of dark. It's an actual, um, you know, pretty accurate from uh, the, the research that I did detail account of going, someone going into the criminal justice system, jail and going to court and the emotional and traumatic experience that it is. Um, and that's actually, unfortunately, like a lot of us, that's um, that's how Karen comes to the point where she realizes that she's not in control. Uh, the criminal justice system and the, the police, the jail, uh, you know, you're, you're no longer in charge of yourself when you are in custody. And when Karen arrives to that point, she begins to be able to piece everything together. And as we go through the book, um, she undergoes three important transformations. 
number one, which I believe is the, uh, a standard process, is the spiritual transformation. She begins to see herself in her spirit needing a spiritual revival, um, learning how to depend on God in these situations that she's been trying to carry herself. And we use the allegory of the uh, footprints in the sand, how that, you know, in the toughest times of her life, there were still two footprints on her beach. Instead of allowing God to carry her through those trials, she had been uh, still walking with the Lord, but trying to take care of things herself. Maybe some of you out there, too, have that feeling like, you know, you're carrying this, you're carrying this load, you're carrying this load, and and like Karen. And so the, the book really did help and can help people to relate to the character and to see how, how what do I do? What do right. I do? Right. And to realize that they're hopeless. Sometimes we feel hopeless. And sometimes that's a good thing because God has to bring us to the end of ourselves before we will cry out for help. Amen. Amen. And then as we continue with her story, God begins to show her that not only does she need the spiritual transformation that she's undergone, but an emotional uh, transformation. Again, we talk about the family factor and how that she had isolated herself emotionally from her family, oh, even yes. though she was part of the family yes. and took care of everybody and and was an integral part. You know, she was the matriarch and the, the leader, but emotionally she had separated herself as in saying, I don't need these people. They, they need me, so I'm going to be there for them, but I can't show any weakness because they need me to be strong. And then finally, we see her undergoing, again, because she goes through more trouble, um, finally seeing herself needing a mental transformation, uh, just thinking different, and how that things that she had always thought and um, prejudices and biases and uh, things that were integrated into her mindset uh, needed to be changed and allow herself to be transformed uh, by the Word of God. And so once she gets to that level where she's undergone all three transformations, God is able to use her oh. mightily in a way. Um, interestingly enough, the end of the story, the end of the book, where she's actually ministering to a lot of those people that she looked down on before, was actually inspired by one of my uh, evangelistic uh, preacher friends he told me he said I believe it would be a great ending to the story if she would go back and minister so oh, amen and that's what uh, God has called us to do amen you know we do put up walls and lots of times we don't know the walls that we put up and God allows situations circumstances and trials to come in our lives and we go, uh-oh, right. I didn't know that was in me. Because the Bible says we don't even know our own hearts. Right. Well, a, a lot of times, again, like Karen, uh, you put yourself in those situations. God allows you to walk, to walk out your life. He's there the whole time. But just, yes. like, uh, just like when my son was young, I would allow him to have the freedom to, to learn how to walk, obviously, he was going to fall or run into the wall or whatever. And a lot of times we as Christians, you know, again, we're walking with God, but we're not necessarily walking out uh, uh, the, the path that he may have intended. And we work ourselves into trouble. And unfortunately for Karen, um, 
that led her into a lot of trouble. Oh, and amen. So, uh, uh, hopefully, no one has gone to that extreme. But if someone does find themselves in that situation, it's it's good for them to know that no matter how far God allows you to get yourself in a big mess, God is still there for you, and He still hears you. He's still there when you finally realize that you need Him and call on Him. He's He's right there. Amen. And what I love about this book, it's a book of hope. Right. It's a book that's encouraging. It's a book of revealing a, a woman's deep heart, deep hurts, and why she acts this way, and also God's restoration. Right. That is the most wonderful. And, and in our lives, too, God God wants to restore us. Amen. God wants us to be whole. He wants us to walk with Him in the light of His life. Amen. Uh, again, it's it's the first three chapters are very dark because it's I compare it to Jonah being swallowed by the whale and he gets into that dark place and the Bible even says that in hell, you know, he cried out. That's right. And uh, literally for Karen, she's in a very deep and dark place in her life, locked up, uh, stripped of everything, you know, uh, in that small tiny cell when she finally realizes. Hey, I got to do something different. Amen. Ron, how can the people in our audience uh, obtain a copy of your book? Uh, the easiest way is if you go to Amazon.com. Uh, you can type in the need word Ron Short, and it'll take you to the book section. You can order yourself a copy of uh, right there on Amazon. If you'd like to uh, get a personal autograph copy and uh, maybe a bookmark, you can email me at ronshort at yahoo.com. I'll be more than happy to touch base with you that way. Uh, again, that's just real simple, ronshort at yahoo.com. And I'll be more than happy to get in contact with you. We have uh, some bookmarks. We have uh, some actually some of the rubber bracelets bands. Um, and we'll be more than happy to fix you up with a copy. Oh, praise the Lord. You know, Ron, I would love to see your book uh, made into a Christian movie. I think that it would be a, a wonderful um, attribute. I think so. I, I, I've prayed about it, and I've put it in God's hands. Ron, thank you so much for coming to our studio and sharing about your new book, The Need Word. May God bless you mightily. Thank you for tuning in today to God's Story. We pray that you have been blessed. Make sure that you tune in next Wednesday at the same time, 1.30 p.m., for another edition of God's Story. If you'd like to reach God's Story, you can email chaplainlynnradio at gmail.com. Jesus made peace through the blood of his cross to reconcile all things unto himself. Part of that all things is you and me. To reconcile is to restore to union and friendship after estrangement. God's deepest desire is to be close to you and to share his heart with you. He desires a deep, intimate relationship with you, wanting to walk and talk with you day by day. He does walk with us and talks with us through his written word, the Bible. The Bible tells God's story through the ages. God has a story that he would like to impart into your life. He loves to make himself known to his children. May your heart be open and may your eyes see God's gracious, loving hand move in your life today. Isn't it wonderful while living here? on this earth that the creator of the universe who made you and me wants to be part of our lives? 
Jesus brought restoration of what has been stolen from us, true peace while living on this earth. John 14:27 says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. The lovely hymn written by Warren Cornell, Wonderful Peace has these words, Peace, peace, wonderful peace, Coming down from the Father above, Sweep over my spirit forever, I pray, in fathomless billows of love. Thank you for tuning in today to God's Story. We pray that you have been blessed. Make sure that you tune in again next Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. or Friday at 12.30 p.m. for another edition of God's Story. If you would like to hear more God's Story broadcasts, tune into YouTube or anywhere you download your favorite podcasts. One can also listen live at WGNZ.com. To reach God's Story, please email chaplainlynnradio at gmail.com. Jesus made peace through the blood of his cross to reconcile all things unto himself. Part of that all things is you and me. To reconcile is to restore to union and friendship after estrangement. God's deepest desire is to be close to you and share his heart with you. He desires a deep, intimate relationship with you and wants to walk and talk with you day by day. He does walk with us and talks with us through his written word, the Bible. The Bible tells God's story through the ages. God has a story that he would like to impart into your life. He loves to make himself known to his children. May your heart be open and may your eyes see God's gracious loving hand moving in your life today. Isn't it wonderful while living life here on this earth that the creator of the universe who made you and me wants to be part of our lives? Jesus brought restoration of what has been stolen from us, true peace while living on this earth. John 14:27 says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. The lovely hymn written by Warren Cornell, Wonderful Peace, has these words. Peace, peace, wonderful peace, coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit forever, I pray, in fathomless billows of love. This is Chaplain Lynn saying, May the wonderful peace of Jesus Christ fill you to overflowing today. May you experience the depths of his sweet love and how much God loves you.